But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian, for the Emperor. I can't even get through it. I can't can't even get through it. For the Emperor. (laughs) Take it like a man, guardsman. Uh, That's what they keep saying in Inquisitor, anyway. Uh, Also joining us is your co-host, Spaz. He's not my Emperor. I didn't vote for him. Just just be glad you're not one of the thousand souls that are fed to him every day. Uh, also joining us is your co-host, Julie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> great. Is that is great orc uh, impersonation? That's really a great. great well, thank orc. you. <laughs> uh, your co-host, Thorsten. For the greater good. <laughs> the greater good. Um uh, and uh, Hot Fuzz is my favorite movie, by the way. And uh, your co-host, Jacob. A logical argument must be dismissed with absolute conviction. <laughs> that was the thought of the day. <laughs> so, friends, today um, we're going to talk about. We've talked about the big. We've talked about a lot of the big genres in video game, in video games and space games, uh, Star Wars and Star Trek. And I've been playing. If you've watched any of the streams, you'll know this. A lot of Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr, which is my favorite ARPG. It's a wonderful game. Um, the Steam sale just ended so as, I, as we talk, so you can't buy it on sale right now. But next time it's on sale, get it. Um, and I realized we really haven't talked about Warhammer games on this podcast. I mean, we kind of mentioned them here and there in passing, but we've never had a show about Warhammer games. And um, I thought I thought it would be fun to uh, <laughs> to talk to talk about the the wide 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 swath of Warhammer video games that are available because <laughs> oh my god there are so many uh, but first before we begin I thought I thought we'd um, kind of talk about where we are with Warhammer because I think we have a we have a varied amount of experience with it here. So uh, for me, I've never played um, the tabletop game at all or any of the RPGs or anything. I've only played the computer games. So my knowledge of Warhammer as a whole is a bit sketchy. Uh, I've watched some, uh, Thorsten linked a couple of YouTube videos yesterday, which were great, by the way. Thank you, Thorsten. And, um, and I've seen some other YouTube videos here and there, but my knowledge about Warhammer is, is, is there are no good guys basically. And the past is war. The future is war. It's just all war, war. Um, everything sucks. Yes. Every, everything. It, it, it's a great universe to play a game in. It's one, like we had a show about this. It's not one of those universes you'd want to live in. Oh no, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, so I wanted to get kind of a where we are all at the five of us in terms of our Warhammer knowledge. Spaz, what about you? Where would you say you are in terms of like Warhammer knowledge? I know a bit of the lore from uh, both fantasy and 40 K, uh, but I've never played tabletop. I've played a lot of the games over the years. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say I have enough knowledge to be fluent in the lore. Yeah. And folks, if you're not aware, there is 
I think more lore for Warhammer than like Star Wars and Star Trek combined. Like That's it's saying a lot. It's it's an obscene amount, especially for forty thousand. Especially for forty thousand, there's an obscene amount of lore. Um, Julie, where would you say you are on your Warhammer knowledge? You, we, we did talk about this a little before the show, but tell the folks out there. Well, first, I think my experience can be summed up in one word. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> <Because> Respectable. <laughs> I was always a Greenskin fan, and um, oh, I never yeah. have actually played the 40K. And like I said, I did buy the game that uh, Spaz recommended the 40,000 Warhammer 40k Dawn of War so I could kind of get into that. Uh, but I did, I never actually played the tabletop game, but I did paint the figurines just because I thought the goblins are way cool. I, mm-hmm. I did have a game called Snotling Fling, which is no longer out there. Unfortunately, it was like Snotlings being catapulted into the Empire. But we used to, uh, well, we've gone on to other things. We talk about my other podcast, uh, but we used to be a Warhammer Online podcast, and that's where a lot of my experience comes from. And friends, apparently, even though Warhammer Online doesn't officially exist anymore, there is an emulated version, uh, apparently, like so many of these other um, MMOs that have been resurrected. It's called, what the hell is it called? It somewhere. Um, oh, yeah, returnofreckoning.com. And apparently, uh, that's available if you played Warhammer Online back in the day. You apparently still can, which I love that people like take over these dead uh, MMOs and resurrect them. I just, I love that that happens. It, it's just, it's just fat, fa- it's fascinating to me. Um, so, Thorsten, what about you? Where would you say your Warhammer experience is? Well, um, first I've got to start to say that uh, I'm not a great fan of Warhammer. Uh, it has its reasons, and uh, maybe we, we will get into the, into that later. Uh, we totally can. We to- why don't we get into it? Why Why aren't you... I don't, I don't mind getting into it at all because it is kind of, there is, there, it can be a contentious uh, property. It's got its problems. And I don't think we should, I don't think we should walk on eggshells around those. So what, what are your problems with the uh, property in general? Uh, it's actually, uh, me, from, for my personal preference, it's, it's, it's far too overpowered. Uh, I don't like uh, I don't like that I I don't like uh, uh, superhero movies either out of the same reasons and uh, that's just a thing uh, that's not for me let's let's put it that way so and, uh, it's the it's the la- severe lack of subtlety basically is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> more, more or less yes uh, say what about Warhammer. I, I know it's 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 one of those things uh, that that people that people really love uh, uh, with Warhammer 40k, but uh, it's not for me generally. Having said that, I've actually played <laughs> the uh, the uh, 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 tabletop game, uh, 
And I think my first Warhammer computer game was 1990 or 1991, one of the first iterations of Space Hulk. Oh, wow. Actually. And, I was uh, going <laughs> to actually ask everyone what their first, like, Warhammer video game was. So you kind of you well, beat me to the punch there. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Jacob. Right, because, because I feel like I was, I was kind of denied an introduction there a bit uh, before we sprung in. Because apparently that makes me the subject matter expert here, because I am way too deep into this. Well, I figured you were. (laughs) Like, scarily so, even. Having, by technicality, uh, been into Warhammer from age 12? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Uh, Which I I, I know. That doesn't sound like a lot from me. But that's still 10 years. That's that's quite a lot. It's not yet. And I think you have quite a bit... uh more experience in the lore and and whatnot than maybe I've the actually, rest of us yeah i've even played the tabletop i believe that was sixth edition i don't remember it was kind of jank uh but it was i believe it was a, it was sixth edition and i quite enjoyed it though at the time i was very young and very dumb so <laughs> i wasn't good at it and i often got mad at it which was unfortunate for everyone involved but besides that, uh, yeah, I sit way too deep into this. I follow a lot of the set. I uh, know a lot about a lot of the setting. I've read many of the books. I am getting into Horus Heresy, though it's a bit drab in my opinion. Though it's a bit drab in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I know. Heretical of me to say. Uh, I have a lot of strong feelings about the setting and how it's going and how it has been going ever since its inception, even. And where I believe it could have been and what I believe is great about it and where I believe it could have gone better. And what I believe are its uh, various wasted opportunities. What? <laughs> well, I'm so, I'm sorry you don't. I I I thought we. I, I'm sorry you didn't feel you got the introduction you deserve. I apologize. Uh, I just I was just in, I was just slightly interrupted. That's I'll, it's fine. No, no. Um. So so what got since since you've been in it since twelve? I'm going to focus on you for a second, if you don't mind. What no what got you into it in the first place, especially at such a young uh, age? Basically, a combination of complete accident and mostly complete accident. Uh, <laughs> very long story short, a friend of mine with a shitty computer bought this cool game at a uh, bought this cool game at a bargain bit, but his computer was complete garbage, so he couldn't even run it. Despite the fact that when you when I say what the game is, you'll laugh at me because couldn't even run it is saying a lot. Uh, so he handed it to me. The game was Dawn of War 1 Dark Crusade. Oh, probably the best of the Dawn of Wars, yes. in, in my opinion. Yes. The, I mean, I, oh, so good. So good. I don't know what it is with, with, my, like this, with like this uh, podcast and me giving and me getting the best introduction to things. Because I started off with space <laughs> games on Free Space 2 and Homeworld. And, yeah. here I am talking, and here I am starting off at age 12 with freaking Dawn of War Dark Crusade. Yeah, which uh, was brilliant. I still loved is. it. Still is. I had it. Still so is. Good. I had to keep hiding it from my parents because it because it was extremely brutal, <laughs> and I turned out mostly fine. <laughs> uh, but that's not the relevant part. Uh, so the thing about Dawn of War is, I spent is because of that. I actually got it to the tabletop with the help of my parents, who who thought of it as an opportunity for me to actually get to know people and. It was a partial success, just not quite not quite how everyone intended to. Uh, but that's not beyond the scope of this podcast. Um, 
in essence, I have, and ever since then, I've been sort of sitting on and off in the lore and mostly following the setting, though I have only really played, I haven't really played tabletop much and or built any models in years. And, and, um, and thanks to GW's choices, I don't think I'm ever going to start. Choices being, by the way, primarily their pricing policy. <laughs> Regardless I, of everything else, God, I the love, big obstacle I, I, I love is that, GW's prices. I love that meme where it's like, take me somewhere expensive. It's a couple, it's a man and a woman. They look like they're about to have dinner. Take me somewhere expensive. And the background is like a, is like a Warhammer store. <laughs> yep. it, is, it really hit me well when I actually tried getting into other war games and realized I could have a complete tournament army for like $200, which is about the price of like three units in 40k. Oh, sh- wait, really? Oh, God. I'm not exaggerating. Oh, God. So in some armies, that's three units. Oh, my God. In fact, let me actually check. Adeptus Custodes. Oh, man. Uh, oh, I had no idea. Rice. I had no idea. Okay, just give me literally like what? Yeah, seventy dollars for a box of five. Oh God! Se- wow. Whew. Now, admittedly, it's a, it's it's from an army where you need like two of them for a full one, but it's still a lot. Oh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot. Of money. It is a lot of money, and that's before the massively overpriced, though admittedly high quality paints and all the other stuff you need. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, wow. also like what, like what I'm kind of all over the place and I'm still a bit undecided right now because I used to like Warhammer more than I do now because I kind of fell into a realization that as a setting, once you get past the edginess and the miserableness, there's not much to it. Now that's a hot take. I know, <laughs> but I fundamentally believe that like their intentional imagine how you know everyone is evil and horrible cool but i feel like that actively diminishes the setting for one simple reason because it means that even the most reprehensible creatures uh, uh creatures and the uh, like governments in that setting seem justified which is i wouldn't even say it's bad it just leads to a setting that is very detached from any kind of like moral grounding in anything sensible. I just wish they used it more for comedy. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I because... agree. I feel like it could be like, it, 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 and of course it started off as political satire and sort of like, like mid shelf political satire satire. And I feel like it could work better as comedy or if it went back hard into being satire, but with how it is right now, I it's a bit, I don't know what to make of it. Honestly. Like I don't think the user base would allow for either one to happen because yes, it leans so hard yeah. into it oh, that that's a shame. It would be, now I would like to start the, off. It, it would be in the future. There is only war crimes. <laughs> yes, basically. Uh, now, honestly, what like in fact they tried to do that. We all remember the Tau. We all remember that everyone hates them. Uh, <laughs> but the reason why everyone hates them is because they tried to make a faction that wasn't inherently reprehensible, and everyone was super mad. Like really? extra mad, yes. Yes. And I am still mad at it uh, in retrospect that they did that because you know how the Imperium of, of Man is literally uh, how how did I put this? I put this in a really good or like or like they're literally Catholic space Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> 
and that's accurate. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, that is nothing I, to add, nothing to take away. Can, they are cannot, Catholic space Nazis. Can, cannot disagree. No lies detected. Uh, <laughs> the problem is they kind of intrinsically become the good guys by virtue of being the uh, the least by worst. Virtue of being the least worst, and the like, and the like, based like human lawful faction. But mm. what the Tau Empire did was prove that all the Imperium did, all of its backwardsness, all of its propaganda, and all of its, like, restrictiveness was not, in fact, necessary for anything. It was complete bollocks. It just served to give people power, and there was a better way to do things. And then uh, the player base went, nah, we don't like that. And GW went, uh, okay, we'll make them, like, we'll make them, like, give them, like, mind control powers and a caste system and will make them seem like they're communists even though they're not. Uh, no. Because, by yeah. the way, the Tao... I don't know why people call it, keep calling them communists. They are just not. In any capacity. <laughs> no matter which flavor of communism you want to adopt. Like, they I, aren't. I, I want to go back to comedy for a second. I've been reading this... Go ahead, uh, go ahead. I've been reading this series of novels. Uh, I just started recently. Caiaphas Kane. I think it's called. Oh yes, uh, it's uh, Caiaphas Kane. Hero Kane. of the Imperium. Hero of the Imperium. Oh my God, it's freaking hilarious. It's so he is funny. The hero of the <laughs> Imperium. He's the biggest coward, and yet somehow fate smiles up, smiles upon him. <laughs> Through blind luck, perseverance, <laughs> charisma, and 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 hanging around with a with a freaking psychic knoll with a melter gun, he always makes it out alive. Yeah, and so he's the hero of the Imperium, even though he's it's so the hero of the Imperium. By the way, so, is an actual title, as uh, in it is the Medal of Honor. It is so funny. I I people are like, if you want if you want really good Warhammer that's actually fun to read, read this one. I'm like, really? Okay. Read? It's it's Caiaphas Kane and it's Gaunt's Ghosts. These are the two big ones. Uh, These are the two things you read from uh, from Warhammer if you want a like good book, if, whether or not you're into this setting, and especially if you're in, 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 into this setting. Uh, Gaunt's Ghosts, like it's a different, it's a tonally different story. It's it's more uh, how would I put this? It's more Full Metal Jacket, if I could put it, if I could put it that way. Okay, that sounds fun. So it's uh, so it's fun, but fun for different reasons. Lots of gallows humor. So, so we got Thorsten and, um, and Jacob's first video game, Warhammer video games. Uh, mine was, uh, Dark Omen. If you recall that one from like 1996, it Warhammer was, Dark Omen. Oh, it, it, it was a sequel to, <laughs> it was the sequel to Shadow of the Horned Rat, which came out a year or two prior. And, uh, it's a dark, it's a, it's a fantasy, it's a fantasy one and it's hard as balls. <laughs> so somehow you got me. I've hard. never heard of this. Uh, yeah, it, it can't. It, it was what ninety six or ninety seven. I don't remember. Um, but that one was. I think I made it four missions in, and then just couldn't get any further because it was so hard. But I love the setting, so I just kept playing the games. Uh, Spaz, what about you? What was you? What was you? What was your first um, Warhammer video game? Well, my first one was actually Shadow of the Horn Rat on the PlayStation <laughs> One. Oh, oh shit, on the PS One. Oh, that's uh -huh. funny. Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh, I believe Dark Omen also got ported to the PS One. It did. I, I played it on there as well. Yeah. Uh, how did yeah. it work with the gamepad? Was it okay? I mean, you, it must it have been not okay. Too bad. It, yeah, it was not too bad. Uh, oh. Honestly. Um, wow. 
yeah, one thing about those those two games is that your army was persistent. So if you lost a unit, they were gone. Oh, God, it was the worst. That was the first time I ever ran into a game like that. And I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> They're gone well, that forever? Was you started playing strategy games. That was like one of the, that was like the second or third strategy game I ever bought. Honestly, <laughs> like the first was like, um, I think the first was like warlords two. And then it was heroes of might and magic two. And then I think it was that. And Good choice. And, and yeah, no, that was a great time for strategy games. Holy crap. Well, the nineties were great for video games in general, but that's a whole nother show. Um, but yeah, we've already had, <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing it again with the new crew, but, um, but uh, uh, yes, the nineties, a time I can talk a lot about <laughs> <laughs> a time of hope and love and promise and, <laughs> uh, uh, and spice girls and spice girl. Um, but, but no, that, that was the first game I ever played like that with persistent units. So when one of them died, I was like, wait, they're not coming back. What? <laughs> And then you played Homeworld and had some, uh, what's it called? Had some prep uh, or like. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. right. But yeah, no, I, I, I forgot those were on the PlayStation, those two games. Like, like. Well, those... I didn't have a PC at the time. I didn't get a PC until 99. Shadow of the Horn Rat, like, got some notoriety because it was like one of the first Windows 95 games. Ooh. <laughs> like made for windows 95 Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> cool awesome hey back then it was man oh man <laughs> it was a big deal back then uh was it 95 the yeah. dodgy one that came out before 98 and 98 was actually good uh 95 was kind of dodgy 98 was great 98 was probably one yeah, of I the best ones they they've, they've ever done then they had ME, which was not so great. And then, yeah. Um, XP happened, and we all remember that. XP was great. Um, and we're all happy for it. Right, let's carry on. Julie, what about you? What was your, what would you say your first Warhammer video game was? What was that? Well, it's, in this case, it's like the little thing it says on my Facebook where it says, are you in a relationship? It's complicated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to inquire. And the, the thing is, is the first game or the first game I actually played is two different things. The first game was Warhammer Orcs and Goblins, and I had this whole this whole huge Orcs and Goblins army painted up, but I didn't know anybody in my circle of friends that also played the tabletop game. So like I said before the show, I had a friend that said, well, I can't afford to give my... Uh, grandchildren a present and they were happened to be into Warhammer and I said well here's a whole Warhammer Orcs and Goblins army so that was the end of, I, I never actually played the game the first time I played an actual game was Warhammer Online Age of Reckoning and uh, can I say the name of the other podcast what can I say the name of the other podcast? Of course you can. I think you do. Okay. I think you do well, almost I think, every podcast. I, th I think you, you have. Well, I, 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 I don't. Well, you know, I only remember my I, own name because Sister Francis shouts it at me all day long. Okay, I think you. I think you have before, and you okay. have. You have carte blanche to every, okay. every all, all the five coasts. If you're doing another thing, you have carte blanche to mention it because we want to help. Okay. We want to support. We want to support each other. So well, go ahead. On uh, in like. Um, well, first off, a moment of silence for 
uh, the mythic company as the electronic arts juggernaut makes its way across the <laughs> uh, the landscape of game developers As, absorbing everything in its past and destroying companies. So they're the nothing uh, from never ending story. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, they, that is a way of putting it. They're the ones who bought out mythic, of course, as we all, well, I guess everybody knows, but when Warhammer online came out, we were a, and we had started out as an age of Conan, podcast called age of co-nuns and <laughs> warhammer <laughs> online <Leather. laughs> we, we, <laughs> <laughs> we were asked to do this by online gaming radio and i said hey you know let's do this and uh they some of the developers were friends of friends and we had them on the show and and so we were a Warhammer Online Age of Reckoning podcast. And to this day, I still have one of our listeners sculpted for this. It looks like a stone tablet. It says Warhammer Online on it with a little symbol. Oh, wow. And uh, I played Warhammer Online Age of Reckoning on the Goblin side. And I could go on for ad nauseum about why the game failed. But just a <laughs> quick story about my favorite character and my favorite character was called a little goblin healer called no heels for you and if you've ever listened to seinfeld you know where that comes from but the thing is they used to have this rogue class called witch elves and the the armor literally looks like it came from victoria's secret and you know it was like crystal cannons, like and I would be in the back, and they'd always say, "Oh, heal me, heal me!" And I got tired of it, and I said, "You know, you're so bad at this game that a team of healers from uh, from a hospital couldn't heal you." And so I finally made my character called No Heals for You, and. Uh, <laughs> And that was the first time I really played Warhammer and fell in love. Well, maybe not fell in love, but really got to enjoy the fantasy side of Warhammer Online, which is obviously my favorite. Wow. So uh, a, a lot of varied starts here, a lot of varied experience with the uh, franchise as a whole, which is which is great. That's, that's what I wanted uh, with this show. Now, we, we kind of broached um, problems with Warhammer, and I do want to talk about that. Um, as one of the reasons you will no longer play the games is because they... What's the word you would use to call the stance they've taken on fan creations? Hostile. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking something even more worse than that. But yeah, that's that's a start. <laughs> um, folks, if you're not aware, uh, the folks at Games Workshop have taken a, we'll stick with that word, hostile approach to Warhammer. And a lot of people were making some great art. They were making really funny videos. People were making a lot of, because they love Warhammer. And so people were making a lot of great stuff. And Games Workshop said, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> nay, nay, nay. We don't do that here. <laughs> we can't have you, we can't have you besmirching the good name of, checks notes, 
Warhammer. Uh, so, so, um, so yeah, they, they really put the kibosh on a lot of, of fan projects and it has not painted them in the greatest light. Like if, if I didn't love, put it these, lightly. if I didn't love these games so damn much, I might also do like my own little boycott, but I, I, I'm sorry. I can't bring myself to do that, but I totally get why one would, because that is, it's not the way you treat your damn fan base. It, well, and, not just that. It's not just that. It's that uh, some of that was done so that they could, uh, they could shuffle people over to to uh, make content for their uh, subscription service. Which what from the you know about their subscription service? They have this. this they have a uh, subscription service. Warhammer yeah. Plus. It's Warhammer what? Plus. God awful. What? Yeah. So they've they, got painting videos and they've got some uh, uh, cr- animated stuff that, that that was actually created uh, and, and licensed. Uh, mm-hmm. But here's the problem. A lot of it was already on YouTube and then they took it off YouTube to put it on Warhammer Plus. Oh, for fuck. And the original content they've made is usually of very middling quality. Yeah, that's not to say bad necessarily, but a lot of it is not that great because it it's information you could have already on YouTube by other creators and you wouldn't have to pay for it. In essence, yeah. Games Workshop has decided to to wrench their IP into becoming a multimedia company and it's not working and people don't like it. I believe the service is $5 a month. That still sounds too uh, much. To, it sounds like it's too to, much to access. Yeah, and and again, th- there are there are some things they've already put up on YouTube that they took down just to put back up on. God's sakes! That's not and how you I'm, win. Pe- that's not how you win people over. That's not how. Oh no! I saw a recent video about what they have there, and the main page for the for Warhammer Plus is filled with tutorial videos. What? Or trailers. What? You pay, wait. Tutorial. Oh, God. Trailers. Trailers are the main thing. Oh. Why would you want to fill a main page with trailers? Oh. You know, for, because, the pe- oh. because the people who would be willing to pay for Warhammer Plus would be the sort of people who would be watching the Warhammer YouTube channel in the first place. Well, yes, but that's, I'm talking about the Warhammer Plus page, not YouTube. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why would you put the trailers on Warhammer Plus? Exactly. They're already there. You've got them. You've already got them in there. <laughs> oh, I see. You got their money already. Why? <sighs> it's well, like if I'm watching. The watch- reason I can hey. think of is to pad their content to it's make like- it look like they have more. It's than like they have. I'm watching Hulu and they have an ad for Hulu. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm already here, you guys. Like when back in the day when we used to go to movie theaters and uh, they'd they'd have ads for the movie theater. Like I'm sitting in your damn seat, (laughs) people. I'm here. You got me. (laughs) You don't need to be convinced. (laughs) Oh, because there's preaching to the choir and then there's this. Lance brings up Lance brings up a good point. Um Disney is a very litigious company. Very, very litigious. 
And they've been pretty good about fan creations because I think they're smart enough to see it as basically free advertising and also good. Yeah, it's com- actively beneficial for them to yeah, good commu- know, indulge it. Yeah. Good community. Goodwill. Uh, Star Trek is not a great example. Uh, <laughs> Paramount has not been the best in this regard. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Mar- Star Wars and Marvel are doing a great job. But in contrast to, to apparently whatever the hell Games Workshop is doing, which, God, I hope they realize it's not working well for them eventually and just stop. Fingers <laughs> yeah, crossed. Oh, I see. I mean, the, the, uh, the other aspect, which is, which for me is the reason why I no longer play any Games Workshop games, is because of the fact that they have. They have done this not just in the digital space, but also with their stores. Wait, the what? way that they handle the the Games Workshop stores, you have to, to in order to, to have the license. It's very strict in the way that they handle things, and if you're not an official Games Workshop store, they can they can shut down uh, what they sell you to to uh, sell to other customers. What? Oh, come on. You know, just Lance said something here and Star Trek is a negative example. And I just wanted to point out that Paramount has actually, they used to have people go out to conventions to see if they could catch people selling things that were like related to Star Trek to try and shut them down. Really? That's how, yeah, that's how antagonistic they were to the, Oh God! Uh, and that's how I met Sister Frances. Is like she was uh, a Star Trek fan, and I joined a little Star Trek group. That the whole point of the group was to like earn money for charity, and yeah, that's how antagonistic they are. And so Warhammer is sometimes a bit like that. Yeah, it's always. It's it's really a shame when the companies that own a property just unwittingly step on that property. <laughs> it's like they're it's like they're stepping on their own tail. Or or now, their I'll own add, I'll add that I, I don't want to imply or even even suggest that the devs who work on these licensed games like Inquisitor, uh which obviously we streamed, you know, you and I streamed Brian a lot. Uh I don't want to imply that those are they're that they're bad for working with the license. Uh, right. It's it's not about the devs. It's about the company that owns the license that I have a problem with. And yeah. I, I know that that other people will not go to that extent, but this is just for me personally how I feel about That's it. That's totally fair. I mean, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not too happy with what they're doing either, but I just love Inquisitor so goddamn much. <laughs> I just oh, can't. I played a lot of Vermintide and Vermintide 2, and I was going to get Darktide, but after after the way they started trading content creators last year, uh, I took it off my wish list mm. <clears throat> and uninstalled the games and haven't looked back. Let's get into the games, because... I, I think there are a few properties uh, on video games, at least, that have covered more ground than Warhammer. 
Like just about every genre I think has a Warhammer game. Correct me if I'm wrong. I am. Um, let's see. We have strategy. We have tactical. We have first person shooters. We have ARPGs. Oh, yes. We we have MMOs. We have, uh, uh, third person shooters. We, uh, what else do we have? What'd you say? Spaz? Uh, yeah. The RTS genre has been covered. Yeah. Um, there are card games, uh, role-playing games, obviously grand strategy games. Uh, I'd say strategy is probably the most covered thing with Warhammer, but, but, oh my God, they've, they've got, they've got a little bit of everything. Like, dear Lord, like, what's probably the weirdest Warhammer game that they've done? Like, like, Snotling Fling. Is that, wait, what's that? (laughs) They, they don't have it anymore, but I used to play it on my phone all the time. And the whole point of this game was it was simple and it was you had a group of snotlings and it was and if you've ever seen the little thing it's a doom catapult it's like a snotling that was from the tabletop game and that's basically what this would be and you'd have uh little guys snotlings that would catapult toward buildings that were being guarded by the empire and you know, they would taunt your snotlings, and that was the whole game, destroying the empire buildings by catapulting snotlings at the buildings. It was like a mobile game. I think you might win, because the one I was thinking of is is out there. It's that aerial combat game I streamed, like, I think last year. That was just not good at all. Arnold's going to be Alice? Yeah, it was just, I think that's what it was called. It was just not good. Wasn't there a, wasn't, oh, there, there was a naval combat game. <laughs> was uh, Battlefleet Gothic? No, 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 naval, the, not, not that one. There was a, there was a Corsairs or something. Oh, uh, I, I think private, uh, something like, I know what you're on about. I just don't recall it. Yeah, it's a fantasy naval sailing Warhammer game. <laughs> I just can't, oh, what the hell? I can't remember the damn name of it. But there has, they, they've covered the goddamn gamut. <laughs> like <laughs> they've covered the thing. everything, and the pro and the thing is that has led to a lot of not very good games. <laughs> like if you've tried to play Warhammer games at all, you've run into a lot of just crap. There's a lot of crap in in, in this li- with this license. Like God, well, with that many games being licensed, yeah, that's the problem. All the different third-party companies. Now, uh, there have been some standouts, obviously. Oh, of course, but I want—I want—I want to go from bad to good. So I wanted to like start with the like, like what were the real bad standouts? Like I've never played Fire Warrior, but I know a lot of people who hate that game. Oh boy, I know a lot. Yeah. Of I, I still have a copy uh, for PS2. Fire Warrior exists. <laughs> I still like it. Really? Good. Isn't it on GOG now, I think? I think it's on GOG. GOG. Hang on. I think it's on GOG. Uh, oh, my God, it is. It's totally on GOG. Cool. And apparently I own it. <laughs> 
Because of course, because cool. of course I do. Because uh, I buy everything Warhammer. Um, but uh, I think the worst one I played, it was a mobile game. I think it was was a Warhammer Quest. I think it was called. Oh, just it was some kind of weird card game RPG thing. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. And there have been so many. Uh, the problem is a lot of them are just forgettable. Like a lot of them are just just mediocre, forgettable. And then you just forget about them. So that's that's the problem I'm running into. Is like what are the bad ones? What are the what are the what are the forgettable ones? And I've forgotten them. <laughs> I guess that's part of the issue. I know, but Fire Warrior sticks out. I know you liked it, Thorsten, but I know a lot of people who just can't say any good thing about that. <laughs> it. It is very distinctly like a like a late nineties, early two thousands shooter thing. Yeah, I'm seeing so much brown, which makes it very obvious that it's a early two thousands first person shooter. Yes, that's part of the issue. <laughs> so much brown. <laughs> it is a game. <laughs> it is legally a video game. Yeah, <laughs> it happened. It happened. It exists. Um. But, I mean, on the flip side, there have been so many good Warhammer games. I mean, the, the SSI strategy games, remember those? Uh, Chaos Gate and, uh, oh, God, what, oh, God, what are the other ones? SSI did a bunch of tactical Warhammer games. Like, I think they were all 40 40K that were just so good. And... Uh, and then, of course, Battlefleet Gothic Armada, if you guys haven't played that, is amazing. The second one especially. Oh, good grief. What? I'll, I, just, I just love that game, and I just want to, I just want to mention how great it is. Oh, uh, Armada? Ar- Ar- yes, Armada Battlefleet too. Gothic Armada. The first one, I, when I first played it, I, uh, it was, uh, yeah. I played it first when it was released, and it just blew me away at how good it was at like both representing the setting and selling the settings feel it was gr- yeah it was it was brilliant and a lot of it was for like purely aesthetic reasons a lot of it was because um how do you say was because um was because they put a lot of effort into things like the aesthetic design and the voice acting and the voice acting is bleeding impeccable. <laughs> Everyone sounds violently British, as they should in the Imperial <laughs> Navy. Everyone, sp- everyone speaks like they're trying to to, to out overact, uh, uh, yes. out overact John Travolta and and uh, what is the Nicolas Cage combined? Yes, yes. Everyone oh. is div- is not chewing the scenery. They are making a five course meal out of it. And because everyone is doing it simultaneously, it winds up being perfectly harmonious. <laughs> yeah. Even like the tutorial Admiral is extremely says like, this is your dauntless light cruiser. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. In the future, there is only yelling, basically. <laughs> yes. No one, no, volume, con- we have lost volume control as a species. That was, it was lost in the dark age of technology. We've also lost subtlety. That was gone a long, long, yes. long time ago. <laughs> There's no such thing as subtlety anymore. Um but yeah, uh, both Gothic ga- Armada games are great. I prefer the second one, but they're both great. 
Um, it's a shame there aren't more spacey games like like these. Um, but you know, I think yes, they but did. sadly, I, Battlefleet Gothic by itself is a is a symbol of GW's older failures because it was really good. The tabletop game that is, it was a, like a called what's called a specialist game. Basically, uh, there was a time where Games Workshop did what's called specialist games with their IP. Oh. Where they had a smaller title that was related to Warhammer that was like a secondary smaller game, and they always did, and they were always absolutely great. And then GW just abandoned them and did nothing with it. Oh, uh, there was Necromunda, there was uh, Space Hulk, there was uh, ba- and there was Battlefleet Gothic. That was what those were some of the bigger ones. Battlefleet Gothic was basically pi- a pioneer because, to an extent, because at the time, like there were space, like big space strategy table uh, war games, but they were like the honor, the honor Harrington uh, stuff, or like full thrust, really crunchy stuff, like things that actually require would require a PhD in aeronautical engineering to understand. And Battlefleet Gothic, by those standards, was actually very accessible. Oh, yeah, Luke is saying Inquisitor was a specialist game. I don't remember that one. There were a lot of them. I have I I have the book for Inquisitor. I got it out of sheer oh, curiosity. Really? After after lo- falling in love with the ARPG, I that's what st- got me started reading books. Well, it's <laughs> got that one over me because I'm not familiar. Um but uh it's a shame because like it's weird though. If they've abandoned it, they keep licensing it to people. Like there was just a Necromunda first-person shooter recently. Yeah, because they hold the IP, and if they, I guess, if they want people to do something with it, they can. But they them, even though they themselves abandon it, and don't because they don't care enough about the war game, but are willing to let someone else do something with the IP. I'm guessing that's probably why they're doing it that way. Is because if if they have the license and they do nothing with it. Someone else will do something with it. Someone else could do something with it eventually. Oh, yeah. So what they're doing is by by license by sublicensing it out to other companies to work on to develop projects for it, like Necromunda, the the game that came out last year. They can keep their hold on the license and say, "Look, we're still doing something with it." Oh God, that's really frustrating. Because I mean, I I love all the Warhammer strategy games, and I'm sure that's that's the big that's the big thing in Warhammer is the is the tabletop strategy game, right? That's so that's why there are so many of those video games. Uh, correct. But yeah, I I like when they do something a little different. It sounds like they come up with these ideas and then they just let them languish, which is just a shame. Because these the on the on the PC on the computer at least the Battlefleet Gothic games are fantastic. Like just so good, and I don't even know if we're ever going to get a third one at this point. Like I have no idea how the second one did. I hope it did well, and I would love to see a third one. But that makes me sad that, like, the the people who created the thing are letting the thing languish. That just uh. No, the oh. Total War games are doing well, from what I understand. Oh yeah, there's about yeah, to be a the Total War. <laughs> yeah, and they're well, they're actually good. Also, like like Total Warhammer about one to get and two. Game three. Yeah, Total Warhammer one and two are legitimately very good games. Thankfully, um, 
I really think though, I don't think I think in terms of like highs for the for the Warhammer thing, I don't think you can do better than than the the Donna War games, the first ones. Like I think in terms of Warhammer games, they might be the best. Like the second ones were okay, but the first ones, especially Dark Crusade, like we talked about earlier. Whew. Oh my god. Just phenomenal. Phenomenal games. And I think they might be the best Warhammer games you can get. You know, besides those SSI ones. God, what was the other one? SSI. Like, what what are some of your favorite Warhammer games that you guys played? I'll just I'll just throw that out to all of you. We don't we don't have to go around the thing. What were some of your favorite Warhammer games? Well, I played a lot of Vermintide one and two. Ah, those are great. Those are indeed great. Vermintide is an interesting series to me because the problem is I usually didn't have enough people to play it with, but when I did, it was always. But when it comes to favorites, this besides Dark Crusade because that's. A combination of nostalgia and actually being really good. Uh, I actually really enjoyed Battlefleet Gothic uh, Armada like a lot, as I've mentioned before. And what was there were some other ones. Uh, let me think about it. Space Marine. Space yeah. Marine was pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Space Marine was yes. pretty good. A hundred and seventy-three times. Yes. Space Mar- Warhammer Forty Thousand. Bloody Space Marine. Which. And it's is- great. It's great we're getting a sequel, I was just going to say. That's all I was going to say. Eventually, yes. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but eventually we're getting a sequel. And honestly, yeah, that's the best we could have hoped for. That's the best we could have hoped for. Unquestionably so. I liked, uh, actually, Final Liberation. Ah, yeah, that's one of the SSI ones. Yes, yes, one of the classic SSI ones. Yeah, that one was great. That one was great. Yes. I think that was the first one that really uh, uh, showed the, the, the whole scope of, 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 of the whole uh, the whole universe, and uh, I really liked it. Yeah, that yeah that was one of them, and then the Chaos Gate, and then there was uh, God, what was the other one? Um, they did. There was like three. Rights of War was, I think, the other big SSI one, if I recall correctly. Yeah, they did like three or four of them. Julie, do you have a favorite? Well, you know, like I said, my my problem with Warhammer is they they don't seem to put to me anyway, don't put out enough content for the fantasy side. And that's always been my favorite. And and I fell in love with the Greenskins the first time I saw a uh, goblin in a catapult with little tiny wings, and it was a doomed diver catapult. And so that's what drew drew me to Warhammer Online. Uh, we had Paul Barnett in our show for uh, well, turned out being three shows because he talked for three hours. Wow, man can talk. And uh, that's the thing is, you know, what Spans talked about it is that just Paul Barnett was, despite what some people told me, since he's a nice guy, he was fun to talk to, and it's not their fault that the game kind of went downhill, but my favorite thing in was in Warhammer online age of wrecking were the instance battlegrounds with my goblin. 
That's that was my favorite. Yeah, I mean, are there a, are there a lot of because uh, that that was big, right? Like, the, yeah, the big battles in those, right? Am yeah, I and the big battles realm. It was realm versus realm is the deal. So uh, you would have. Uh, Greenskins versus the Dwarves, Empire versus Chaos, and High Elves versus the Dark Elves. And my favorite was the Dwarves versus the Greenskins, you know, the whole thing with, you know, and I had a little goblin healer, like I said, you know, and the people who play the Witch Elves would say, oh, heal us. And I said, well, then maybe you shouldn't wear a bikini to the battleground and team of Doctors from the Mayo Clinic couldn't heal you, and uh, but it was fun. The instance, and they t- the thing is, they tried to tell everybody, well, you know, you need to concentrate on the PvP aspect of it, and uh, players wanted to do other things. But later on, they actually came out for I don't know if it's still out there, but for a short time with uh, an instanced version where the whole thing was instanced battlegrounds and uh, kind of like a day late and a dollar short. But that was my favorite experience in uh, Warhammer Online was uh, Greenskins versus the Dwarf Realm versus Realm. Well, you'll be happy to know I just discovered there's a new Orc 40,000 Orc game coming out, even though I, I know you said fantasy, you like the Orcs. Uh, it's called... Shootas, Blood, and Teef. T-E-E-F. I saw that. I am I am looking forward to it. Uh, I hope it comes out on Switch because I like having things kind of mobile like that. But right. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care if they're swinging swords or if they're shooting blasters. Um, the green skins <laughs> are my favorite. They're a lot of people's favorite because... They're the more absurd and I guess funny side of Warhammer because they're, they're just, just having fun. They really are. Like they really like they they just love they're not like the um who are the ones that want to eat everyone? Um Tyranids. Yeah, the Tyranids. They're not like the Tyranids who just want to eat everyone. They they want to kill everyone for a good time. And and you can't dislike them for that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the goblins and snotlings. Uh, Warhammer Online, uh, Warhammer's comic relief. I guess yeah. that's why I like him so much. Yeah, this looks like Metal Gear. This looks like, not Metal Gear. Uh, no, nah, what's what's the side? The Metal Metal Slug. Metal Slug. Metal Slug. It looks like it looks like the Warhammer version of Metal Slug. That's great. <laughs> so now we have a side-scrolling arcade shooter Warhammer game. Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> See, somebody in the chat just brought up a game called Mechanicus, and I thought about playing that, and uh, I'd like to know how good that game is. I believe it's pretty good. I know a lot of people who like it. It is exceptional. Oh, is it? Okay, you have set off an, a, another... I, I know this is like another rant about how good a certain oh, Warhammer game is, but Mechanicus is brilliant for the same for arguably the same reasons why I think uh, Battlefleet Gothic is because it both taps into a part of the saying that's underexplored but has mountains of potential. Uh, the editors in Mechanicus as an idea are one of the more original ideas GW has had for Warhammer and they are 
inherently awesome. And in Mechanicus, they are depicted in a way that is equal parts brilliant and terrifying, exactly how they should be. Because there's what they essentially are is an in, is an insane uh, mechanical techno cult who believe in who believe that the the flesh is the true failure of man and they need to become uh, become as cyborg as humanly possible. <laughs> and they and unlike most of the Imperium of Man, which is running around with laser guns, they have some ludicrous things uh, when it comes to technology. But what but that's not the part I like the most. The part I like the most is that they are exactly that an insane techno cult and the game captured that so well down to and this is the best part the soundtrack now tell me did you ever imagine that you could have freaking edm except except instead of a bass drop it has a church organ well the game has that and it's the best thing ever oh oh my i need to share i will share the soundtrack with you uh, uh, a bit later because it is great Oh my. And it sells the game alone. Uh, for, like, from the beginning, the the visual, like the visual and audio design just sells the game, for, just sells the game uh, for, for a very simple, for a very simple reason. They, they actually, also they did a, they had an interesting move where they actually didn't use English voice acting for the over, for the overwhelming majority of the game. They did like the, like old adventure game thing of having like bleeping noises or whatever the characters speak. But then, the, but, the, and also, one enemy, one uh, sort of enemy faction you don't often meet in uh, Warhammer games because they're so broken overpowered. The Necrons. The Necrons, despite sounding stupid, are absolutely just, because they're essentially the opposite of a, uh, uh, of what, of like the Orcs in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, what they are. They are not here to have fun. They are in, they are even older than the Imperium of Man. They are they are pure machines uh, operating entirely on hate, operating entirely on hate and pride, and they are basically unkillable. And and as the Adeptus Mechanicus, you are that except human. <laughs> so it's an interesting dichotomy. Oh well, uh, I own the game, but you just got me to. Uh... Purchase probably sit down and play it yeah yeah exactly well, it, um, it's on switch and it's on sale and i oh. was going to buy it and after the description of the mechanic cult the whole thing reminds me of a scene in star trek where they're about to confront the the borg and data just looks at the at picard and says well i'm going to turn my uh emotion chip off and picard says there sometimes i envy you so i said Wow, insane mechanical cult, sign me up. So, yeah, now I'm going to try it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's on sale. It's, it's, you have, uh, since you bought Dark Crusade, uh, Julie, the Necrons are in. I did. Yeah. Yep, it was as soon as you told me that, I looked out, it was on sale, and I said, wow, such a deal. It was like less than $10. And I said, wow, you could take it, you know, I'll just, I'll have a few less cups of coffee and buy it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this game now. <laughs> I, I, I owned it for a while. I just never gotten around to playing Mechanicus. Um, but I'm gonna fix, I'm gonna fix that today. <laughs> there are a lot of good Warhammer games uh, we could recommend to people if they were interested. But 
I think what we talked about earlier, Dawn of War, if you've never played a Warhammer game, my friends, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have. But if you haven't, Dawn of War Dark Crusade especially is probably the best intro game. What would you guys say that have played a lot of other Warhammer games? What would you guys say? That's that's my thought anyway. Yes, for sure. Strategy games. Yeah. 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 You prefer, say, first-person shooters, then you might want to go along the lines of Vermintide, especially if you like co-op games in the style of uh, Left 4 Dead. Then, yeah, then Vermintide is the way to go there. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, the Necromunda game that came out recently is not bad, but it is. You really need a beefy machine to run it well because it is not very well optimized. Like. At all? <laughs> you mean hired gun? Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. Ah. It is. It's good. It's it's fun to play, but like it's it almost ha- it's kind of it kind of has kind of Titanfall two style wall running, with, and it actually kind of works. <laughs> Not as it's well. It's very as distinctly a movement shooter, and it's fairly good at it. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, Slytherin makes a lot of good Warhammer games if you're into strategy and tactics. Uh, Armageddon is very good. Sanctus Reach is very good. Gladius is amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. Battle Sector is really good as well, and it's about to get a huge patch, which is going to make it kind of like a new Dark Crusade. Did you guys see this? They're adding uh, a meta campaign to it, like oh, in Dark campaign. Crusade. Yeah, they're adding a meta campaign to it like Dark Crusade. So they're they're it's kind of they're kind of making their own dark crusade, which could be great. <laughs> um, so I I guess I guess the thing is Warhammer is a mostly great franchise that has some problems, um, <laughs> and uh, problems with the franchise, problems with the GW. Yeah, uh, but. We we appreciate again uh, to reiterate we again appreciate all the developers who make games, especially computer games and video games, uh, in this universe because a lot of them are good. They're not all good, <laughs> but a lot of them are good. It's just what like one of the ones I couldn't remember earlier was Chaos Band. I don't know if you guys played that one. It's a basically Warhammer Diablo. Um, Basically, and it was. Oh yeah, it was. We'll have a fantasy. And it was okay. Uh, it was. I finished it. Like it wasn't great, but and there's not a lot of it. But I finished it, which is rare for me. I don't finish games very often. <laughs> um, so it was all right. If if you want, if you want a Warhammer Fantasy Diablo, you know, uh, it's it's all right. <laughs> there's just so many, so many games. Uh, but I think we've kind of covered the good and bad side of Warhammer as, as a franchise. We've covered the video games. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrapped up? Yeah, actually there is. Okay. Uh, I've got, I've got a question for all of you. Oh, all right. Sure. So take it, take a moment to think on this one. Okay. Unexplored game within the Warhammer franchise, either fantasy or 40 K that you would like to see. Mm. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. I would like to be a cat. I would like to be a captain of one of these. Like I, I love Battlefleet Gothic Armada. Don't get me wrong, 
But I would like to zoom in a little bit and maybe be a captain of one of these ships and, and focus on like flying through the warp and, 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 and crewing the ship and fighting in the ship, I mean, but also that could be great for one reason. The one thing that Balfi Gothic Armada never did was properly capture the scale of these ships, which are supposed to be the size of a city. Yeah, exactly. Uh, They're massive things that take a thousand so years to honestly, build. Out of that, you could genuinely have an entire like city management slash space game. Exactly. Because you exactly. could like you could do something actually in the style of what was that game? Divinity Dragon Commander. That's the one. Uh, which I know interesting way to thing to bring up, but uh, basically it was. Uh, oh, but you had that part. That, I mean, there were the flying dragon part, but you also had the, like the strategy on the ship part, right? As yeah. well. That's what you're talking. Is that what you're talking about? We had yes, the map, and okay. Here's what I would like, and I would like a first-person role-playing game for the goblins, and maybe this just goes back to when I was in the United U.S. Army, but I would like to play like a little snotling first-person shooter in uh, goblins versus dwarves. And I said, wow, that would be kind of fun. And even though you get bust around by the big guys a lot, it would be a lot of fun. Just like a first person. Imagine the uh, Total War thing, only just first person. Oh, that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, what I like to see would be uh, actually a Rogue Trader game. Oh, God, you stole that one right from... Okay, yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> no, uh, really, uh, because uh, Rogue Trader would be, uh, could be the uh, the ultimate, uh, ultimate uh, uh, Warhammer, uh, Warhammer 40k game. If you want to explore the universe, uh, you could do actually the stuff uh, 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 Jacob mentioned uh, right now, uh, plus a, 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 a space a trading system. If you know what I uh, what I uh, what I mean, yes, you, uh, you could do you could do you could do uh, uh, essentially uh, an 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 elite type game uh, as 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 in, in the Warhammer universe, oh. and that would be that would be pretty interesting because it's so large. Even even uh, uh, sectors or uh, subsectors uh, are, are so large that you could that you could uh, uh, put the uh, put a game alone in there, if you want, and that combined with some crown stuff, like uh, like in uh, like an Inquisitor or so, could be pretty interesting in my opinion. But that would be a very large game. I it don't want to. Large. It would be large, yes, but it would be uh, interesting. Yeah, and yes, the reason why I said it is because what rogue traders are essentially are my favorite underutilized part of the setting. They're basically pe they're basically people who are given a ship and the uh, and a license that says I can do whatever I want, <laughs> which has the inherent benefit of allowing you to do whatever you want with a story about them. Uh, they're one of the they're one of the few like sort of entities within the Imperium that's allowed to interact with alien species without getting their head shot off. They're allowed to explore, explore strange new worlds, find, uh, seek new life and new uh, civilizations, and then probably exploit them, exploit them for profit. 
there is just so exactly. much potential. And the best, the most we got out of it was a was an okay tabletop RPG from uh, Fantasy Flight Games, which I don't dislike, but I always feel like they, it could have had more done with it. Maybe something in the style of uh, Pulsar Lost Colony, where you've got a crew, other players even, and you're exploring the galaxy together. Yep. Yes. Yes. That could work. That would be the. Ultimate. Oh, that sounds amazing. Ultimate iteration of such, of such a game. That sounds amazing. I, I also would like, like, a pro- like, I love Inquisitor, the ARPG, but I would like a proper Inquisitor, like, role-playing game where you have a retinue and, and you're trying to find, you know, heresy by, like, blending into the population and stuff like that. Uh I'd like something a little more nuanced. I mean, I love, don't, how don't get me wrong. How I, could you possibly blend in with all of the overwrought acting? <laughs> that's, that's not no, no, no. absolutely impossible. <laughs> no, that's the thing. You blend in by overall acting. <laughs> I'm doing Shakespeare badly. <laughs> oh my God. Ah, uh, so that's, that was a good question, Spaz. I like that. That was that was a really good question. It it's a shame we might never see those games because like the Rogue Trader one sounds like just just shut down Elite, make it a Warhammer game, and turn it back on. Basically, works for me. <laughs> just, oh man, that would be much. That would be much better. I think. Um, anyone else have anything to add before we wrap up? I mean, I I would I would kind of want to see something in the vein of. An angels fall first kind of thing. Oh, wow! Hammer universe. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, you mean like yeah? yeah, That's that's the thing. We've had a we've had shooters, but we've never had uh, a battlefield style shooter, something of that caliber, so to speak. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Where you where you could be on your your city ship, and then you're involved in a planetary landing, and then you actually land do the ground combat thing. Yeah, that could be fun. I don't know if there's a computer. I don't know if our computers can handle the, the size of, of those battles. I mean, it could, it could be done in the same way that angels fall first. Does it, it where it's, it's, it's abstracted a bit and it's abstracted a bit. Yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. I see what so you're saying. They talk and somebody mentioned this in the stream just now. And I said, I want to do this because I've talked about, you know, like the industry side of Eve online. Somebody said they want space trucking and Warhammer. Oh universe. yes. I, said, I want a space born version of a Peterbilt truck. Just hauling my way through the Warhammer universe. That sounds great to me. Get Paul Barnett to do it. Get started Kickstarter. I'll help fund it. But would that would that be the uh, rogue trader thing? Would that be the same thing as the rogue you trader? No, I, I don't know. I don't either. It could would, be. Potentially, I mean, it could be. Sounds like it could be because again, you could just be trading cargo back and forth as a rogue trader. I mean, it's right there in the name, isn't it, trader? Yes, <laughs> that, that sounds <laughs> great. Somebody start it. I'll help fund it. Yeah, someone do a Kickstarter for an open. It would probably have with the size of the universe. It would probably have to be a online thing like elite like a game as a service type thing which i'd be fine with um if you can get the, if you if it would help like have things or you on. can make it something more x-like yeah it's true just a slice of the universe 
Because yep. X X is big, but not Warhammer big. Like like that's, yeah, it's true. Yeah, few that, things are Warhammer big. Few have if, oh my god, yeah, a few things are Warhammer big. Uh, How about Warhammer mod for No Man's Sky? Yeah. There we go. That could ah. be ah. it's different aesthetic, I'd say. Small ships don't. Re- small ships like fighter st- fighter sized craft aren't really that much of a thing in uh, Warhammer. Well, they are, but they're just like carrier ships and they die a lot. <laughs> More than average for Warhammer, that is. Can't you say, I was about to say, can't you say that for just about anything in Warhammer? They die a no, lot. Like, I mean, they die an exceptional yeah. amount, even by Warhammer standards. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> oh, man. That, uh, yeah, go- manager simulator. Glass glassing plants one at a time in no man's sky. <laughs> exterminatus in no man's is that what it is? Exterminatus, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah, exterminatus in no man's sky. <laughs> also, also maltangent. Uh, Games Workshop's inevitably brilliant freaking uh, Latin is always is always something that cracks me up because I know just enough to tell that most of the stuff they wrote is complete bollocks. <laughs> Like just, for example, uh, like for example, there, my personal favorite is called the obvious one, the one everyone everyone always brings up. One of the chapters of the Spice Marines, as they're referred to, <laughs> is called the Iron Hands, and the Primarch, the progenitor and person in charge of the Iron Hands, is named Ferus uh, Ferus Manus. Ferus Ma- uh, Ferus means iron. Manus is hands. Oh God! So he is the Iron Hands of the Iron Hands. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! I I just I I play so much Inquisitor. I love how they change the language just a little bit to sound more gothic and cool. Like instead of instead of uploaded, it's in it's enloaded or whatever. Instead of computer, it's cogitator. You know? Yeah, it's it's ever so slightly Latinized just to sound just Ex- to sound better. Even, exactly. Even though the Latin is absolutely awful, it doesn't oh, work. But that's part of the charm, I think. That's I think part of the charm. I think it's totally part of the charm. <laughs> what the hell is a teleportarum? <laughs> that's not how any conjugation works. <laughs> But you know what it is when you hear the name, like it teleports things, right? That's what it does, right? <laughs> Even with the ridiculous name. Oh, God. Agitator <laughs> must be fitted for its mechanic anus. Oh, oh, on that note, my friends. Good night, everybody. Extremely high brown Good joke. night. I think we're just going to, uh, okay. We're just going to ka-ching. <laughs> we're putting the gate down. Uh, that's going to do it for <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! God damn it, Spaz. Okay. Well, on that note, it my friend, it had to be me. It, it had to be me. No, you were the only one that could do it. That's right. Um, on that note, my friends, we are going to call it. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this rambling show. Uh, it was kind of a, it was a fun topic, even though it was kind of all over the place. Uh, next week, we're going to have a guest. We're welcoming back the developer. Of Rank Warmaster, the uh, kind of 4X real-time strategy thing that's coming out. I haven't played it in a while, so I kind of don't remember, but I, I'm going to revisit it. Uh, All right. That, 
So that's for uh, next week. Uh, and uh, no anus jokes next week because we have a guest, okay? Just no. Yeah. <laughs> no mechanis. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I cannot uh, read that title and not think of that joke. I just think of I just think of Arrested Development when when you said that I was the first anal rapist. It's like um, <laughs> 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 whoops. <laughs> anyway, folks, have a great day. Be safe. Be well. Take care of each other. We'll see you back on the stream tomorrow morning. I don't for, I don't remember what we're playing, but uh, whatever. Uh, but we'll see you back here next week for the podcast with the developer of Rank Warmaster. Have a good one, everyone. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.